Will you spend another summer working on your yard for your spouse, kids, and guests? Or would you rather spend the summer with your spouse, playing with the kids, and relaxing with guests? Hire Blue Duck Lawn Care to get the super healthy lawn you love and neighbors will envy. Blue Duck does the fertilizing and weed control. You just mow to get a lush, thick lawn. Best in your neighborhood. If it's got to be green, hire Blue. BlueDuckLawnCare.com. Remember, if it's got to be green, hire Blue. BlueDuckLawnCare.com. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it! My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Also joining us live in studio, WIBC News Director Chris Davis. So Chris, the um, the probable cause document in the Delphi murders was released today. What are the big takeaways? What did we learn uh, from these documents? Well, essentially, it seems to outline the case against Richard Allen. And I think that's what uh, Prosecutor Nick McClelland was uh, trying to avoid. Uh, Doesn't want to tip off another person that he believes is involved or people who he believes is involved. But essentially, uh, a couple of things that really, uh, some might say, strongly link Richard Allen uh, to the murders. One is a bullet, an unspent round that was found in between the girls' bodies that they linked back to a gun that was uh, owned, admittedly, by Richard Allen. Mm. Uh, They did ballistics tests and found that that unspent round had been cycled through that gun. Uh, So it was not fired, uh, but it had been cycled through that gun that he had owned since 2001. The other thing we found out in this document that was released today was that the authorities had interviewed Allen a number of times. Yeah, they had interviewed him. I mean, back in 2017 was the first time. And then uh, a detective remembered this guy and uh, goes and tells uh, state police again uh, this year in October. And they go and re-examine what they, uh, you know, what they had found out from him back then. Uh, He talks about being on the trail, as you can read in the probable cause document that's on uh, the 93 WIBC Facebook page right now. Uh, He talks about having been on the trail that day. Uh, He talks about having seen several uh, females on the trail, even describes him in that initial interview, uh, but, uh, you know, says nothing, of course, about uh, the murders. But again, uh, when uh, when detectives investigated this again in October, they determined that, uh, well, they believe that Richard Allen was the man in that creepy down the hill video. Yeah. Um, So tell me more about this bullet that just because there is a bullet that was found that was traced back to a gun that was owned by Richard Allen, just because there was a bullet found in between the bodies that does not, they did not release a manner or cause of death. Exactly. Uh, They have been tight lipped about that all along. And this document doesn't give an exact manner or cause of death. So uh, even though there was a bullet found there uh, and some might, you know, think that would lead you to believe that they were shot. They do not say that. At one point in uh, this eight-page released affidavit, if you want to call it that, we see that there were some things captured on the cell phone from one of the victims. Of course, we've got the still shot. We've got the down the hill. But at some point, and this is audio that we've never heard before, someone says gun. Yeah, uh, one of the girls says gun. Mm. There's not a lot. You know, a lot of people were saying initially there's got to be more to that video. Maybe the whole murder's on the video. But according to this document, there's not a whole lot more to the video. That the girls started taking the video when they uh, one of the girls noticed this guy behind them. And and uh, that one of the girls says gun and then you hear down the hill and then the video stops uh, shortly after that. Does Richard Allen offer an explanation as to the bullet? No, he offered no explanation. And his wife was also interviewed during this process as well. 
And she admits that, yes, he's got guns, he's got knives, and he owns the outfit uh, that we've seen in that still photo. But that was pretty much all the information that she was willing to provide. Why did Why did the judge decide to unseal this well i think the judge has a completely different attitude than the original carroll county judge uh this judge uh, is coming at it from uh, from a different point of view from a different part of the state and uh, was brought in essentially because the original judge uh, recused himself uh that was uh, you remember when he recused himself uh mm-hmm. he had this uh this this kind of diatribe that he went on about people having a bloodlust for the case uh, so this this judge was brought in, Fran Gull, and Fran Gull just goes at it uh, from from a different point of view. Some people have pointed out that uh, Judge Gull uh, seems to uh, err more on the side of transparency. Now, the defense team for Richard Allen, in addition to this eight-page affidavit that was released today, they're requesting a change of venue as well. Yeah, and it's it's kind of crazy because, I mean, you'd have to be living under a rock uh, to never have heard of the Delphi case sure. uh, for the past six years. Uh, and so they're saying that he can't get a fair trial in Carroll County or anywhere within a 150-mile radius. Uh, I, I think some people might say, you know, the pretrial publicity has been everywhere. I mean, you guys have had uh, folks from the Murder Sheet podcast on this show. That's just one of many uh, podcasts that are talking about this thing constantly. And then, of course, there is the mainstream coverage by you know abc cbs fox news all of these outlets uh as soon as the arrest was made all of them were all over it what do you think of the well is there any update on the gag order that was uh, requested by the prosecution no update yet on the gag order uh and that just means everybody shuts up about this that's involved so yeah like, so look no more having doug uh, carter doug wouldn't carter be able to studio. come on uh, Anything. You know, and that was, uh, you know, it's kind of funny that right after he was on the show, uh, yeah. that's when the gag order uh, a request happened. Chris Davis is wow. our news director here at 93 WIBC. One more thing here. Uh, reading through this affidavit, again, it's eight pages. A lot of information has been redacted, but it seems like there's some video and the vehicles of Richard yes. Allen that also place him being at that area where the two girls were murdered. Now, we live in an age where there's video everywhere. I mean, you're Mm -hmm. talking about a rural area here. You're thinking, you know, there won't be very much video out there, but there are some buildings out there, a store. And so uh, they do have video. They have uh, witnesses saying that they saw a, a small car. They they describe a, a smart car, uh, but state police say maybe this was the Ford Focus that mm-hmm. was in the video that is uh, owned by Richard Allen. All right. Uh, more information. Where can we get it at? WIBC.com and the document on the WIBC Facebook page. Chris Davis, news director. Thank you. Well, I don't know, Hammer. I mean, the, the the bullet found between the bodies, and Richard Allen has no explanation as to why that bullet, who was traced back to a gun that he has, that owns, is raising some eyebrows to me. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to decide if I'm I'm overwhelmed or underwhelmed here with the release of these documents. And you know? he admits, Richard Allen admits in this uh, document today that, yes, I was there. I was on that, you know, bridge area, but I did not remember, you know, interacting with any, you know, juveniles. He claims he was looking at stock tips on his phone. Now, maybe this is just me being judgmental here, but when I look at Richard Allen, I don't think stockbroker. Could be wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm being completely judgmental. You're being very judgmental. I think you have every right to be judgmental. But he also said that 
that you know some of the the clothing that was depicted in that video the the jacket the boots you know he owns um he owns you know those same style of clothing right if I'm, if, if I'm reading this correctly right which which is all circumstantial but the bullet being traced back to a gun that he owns is really really wild and what's interesting to me as well is when we had Doug Carter in studio and then when that press conference took place the prosecution made it sound like they're pretty confident there may be somebody else involved yes the information released today doesn't make that case at all Hmm. so we're not saying that somebody else isn't involved very often what you see with these predators these child porn predators it's like a network you're right uh so that was the uh other eye-opening thing that I caught today. And again, you can read the affidavit for yourself. We've got it posted at WIBC.com. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. Yeah, Hammer, much more uh, at the top and bottom of every hour. Everything you need to know about the judge in the Delphi case releasing the contents of that sealed affidavit, what we did and did not learn. More on the way from the WIBC newsroom. Um, I'm very proud of myself, Hammer. I stayed up for the entire Colts game last night. I did not fall Good asleep. For you. Late start for me. Because normally you're a kind of guy that, I would say goes to sleep, but the correct term is passes out <laughs> Hold on. at about let's, 8.30. Let's not start making accusations. It's at <laughs> 9.30 usually. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but uh, what an awful game. It's just they, you know, they lost to the Steelers. Prime time. What was it? 24 to 17. 17. And just a an gross a, a, game, ugly man. Game. I know they kind of fought their way back there a little bit towards the end, but didn't uh, really pan out the way we thought or wanted to. No yards in the first quarter. No completed <laughs> passes. No first downs in the first quarter. Did you say no yards in the first quarter? That's when you look at the team yards, I believe it was negative because they had a couple sacks and it was just such a gross game. Like, I understand that my favorite teams are going to lose games from time to time. I get it. But at least be fun and entertaining, right? That's why we watch sports. We want a little break from reality. We want to be entertained. We want to see the best athletes in the world compete. But when you watch a Colts game right now, it just sucks the life out of you. It's it's miserable watching that offensive line compete and uh, the penalties on the two rookies up there they were just you know man downfield oh that penalty drives me nuts how do you how do you how are you an offensive lineman and not realize that's one of the most basic ones like holding i think would be the most common one Uh, holding for an offensive lineman is probably the most common and hardest to overcome and we've talked to offensive linemen before about like those kinds of penalties they say you could call it on every play yeah exactly but the illegal man downfield that's that's Unless I'm wrong, unless I'm missing something, that's pretty obvious. And let's not forget the real reason why the Colts are 0-2 the last two weeks under Jeff Saturday. After an amazing first week inspirational win against the Raiders, ever since Matt Ryan put that stupid turtleneck and blazer (laughs) on in the post-game press conference... The team has not been the same. I was taking a drink of my monster when you said that. I, I'm sorry. It was, I did not think the uh, the turtleneck was coming out. That damn For, uh, turtleneck and blazer, <laughs> yeah, 0-2 I remember since that. that thing, that monstrosity came out. Oh. 
and Matt then, Ryan's bringing the turtleneck back. No, is he's it back? not. No, how about bringing first downs back? <laughs> let's let's just start there, and then we'll work our way up to fashion. Start on first downs, and uh, then we'll work on fashion. Oh, man. But man, it wasn't just the line yesterday. Wow. Uh, the quarterback play was bad. You had tight ends dropping passes all night long. Like when you watch that game on television, it was like Troy Aikman was doing a Comedy Central roast yeah. on Matt Ryan last night. I mean, there was, again, with these, this Colts team, I feel like there are flashes of brilliance. There's quick hits of spectacular plays. I mean, Pittman had a couple great catches. That last game, uh, what's the rookie's name? Pierce, the wide receiver? Uh, that kid, yes. Pierce, just had, some, uh, had, had a couple amazing catches in a row. But overall, the experience is, is quite uh, different. And it feels like we're wasting Jonathan Taylor's prime. Like, Jonathan Taylor is a bad dude, right? He's the corn pop of this squad. Yeah. And they're wasting his prime. And listen, if we're going to be completely transparent here, we would do this if it's Frank Reich. You got to do it if it's Jeff Saturday. That clock management oh. down the stretch was awful. You took two timeouts into the locker room at the end of the game. How's that working out <laughs> for you? Screw those timeouts. Screw those timeouts. <laughs> I don't need those timeouts. I'm not taking any damn timeouts. Like, kids playing Madden have better clock management than that. I was watching the post game afterwards. He said, look, they were in a groove. The, the, the play calling, really? Is that what he said? Here, take a said, listen. Okay. I thought we had plenty of time. I wasn't really concerned. We still had timeouts. So I wasn't too concerned. I really wanted, I, you know, when he was going down, I couldn't tell where they were going to start him from going down, right? Like if he was going to get the first down and then we got there, um, I expect this to get on the ball and be and have another play um, a little bit quicker than that. But again, it wasn't a, this wasn't a press for time. We just didn't make enough plays. Yeah. Maybe, maybe rookie coach maybe just get a, get that time out in there just to make sure all, all your ducks are in a row so to speak and why doesn't matt ryan you're the seasoned veteran you used to be an mvp of this league take matters in your own hands Ooh, call it yourself yeah like nobody yeah. wants to do the right you thing can't on override this team. the coach though can you I tell you what, man, if that game wasn't bad enough, then I kind of got fired up on social media because, you know, uh, kind of being happened? a smart ass at one point, I think it was 13 to nothing, the Steelers. Colts had negative yards in the first quarter, and I posted on my personal Facebook page, what time does the Pacers game start? <laughs> and I got some 20-year-old numbnuts giving me a lecture, you're not a real fan. If you want to turn the game off now, you're not a real fan. Whatever. Listen. Kid, let me tell you something right now. The amount of bad football these eyes have watched as a Colts fan, okay, you don't get to tell me anything. Because I was seven years old when this team moved to Indy from Baltimore. Yeah. I remember the Mike Pagel days. <laughs> I remember Chris Chandler. Until this guy can tell me who Art Schleister is, you don't get to tell me about my fandom, right? 1990 and 1991. If you grew up with just the Peyton Colts, sit the conversation yeah. out for the crusty old veterans like me, who have watched a lot of bad football, kid. Oh, it just drove me nuts. Oh, I, I, look, I, I was right there with you. After the first quarter, flipped over the DVR, turned on Tucker, and uh, watched the opening monologue, kind of flipped back and saw, uh, I think it was, I, I, I think uh, um, the running back scored as soon as I, I turned back over. So I thought things maybe were turning around a little bit. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I, I was right there with you. I was like, all right, what else is on? What am I missing? Maybe the this is a tweet from Nigel the, yeah. last night at nine ten nine ten p.m. I hope Pittsburgh wins by fifty. <laughs> Wait a minute, that wasn't even was that going into halftime? Uh, that, I, I believe that little... was early in the second quarter. <laughs> 
Angry Nige texts are my favorite. I didn't know you were going to release the private contents of my personal private text messages to you and Rob Kendall. If there was a silver lining <laughs> yesterday, though, it's that the Pacers had a big oh, win yeah. last night. Now, that's a fun team to watch. Good young talent. The veterans are working with the young guys. Pacers beat the Lakers at the buzzer last night. A rookie. Andrew Nemhard of Gonzaga hit the game-winning three right in LeBron's face. Like, it couldn't have been scripted any better. Like, his hand went up, and all you saw was LeBron's bald spot and hair <laughs> plugs coming at him. And this is what it sounded like with Mark Boyle on the call from the Pacers radio network. Halliburton to inbound from the far side. He'll flip it to the top. Turner is wide open, but he missed short with a three. Rebound Halliburton. Three seconds to go. Drives to the wing. Nimhart beat the clock. And it's over! Nimhart beat the clock with a three from out on the left edge. As time expires, the call on the floor is good. And the Pacers are mobbing Nimhart. I was watching twitter that final sequence and it just so happened to line up with what we were playing right there amazing call from mark boyle he's the best the best and i want to give a shout out to the tv guys too because i want to hear it from the tv guys as well this is uh kristen Airy and quinn buckner miles turner So that was Denary. Yeah, and, Chris uh, Denary and, and Quinn Buckner, Buckner. Okay. on the call on TV. Incredible. All right, so it ended up being a good night after all. Yeah, Pacers, man, that's a fun squad now, to watch. Did you make it? Did you make it up all night? For that, did you stay up the entire oh, no. game? Oh no, okay, I no, I, that's a West Coast game. Three hours yeah, behind. I fell asleep. I think in the third quarter right. in that okay. game, which was probably around twelve fifteen ish. You sound a little gruff. Dude, I don't know what I got. I don't know if this is BA5 or what I got <laughs> well, here. I hope but, it's not BA5. But uh, yeah, we're fighting a little bit of a, a voice issue. There was some angry yelling last <laughs> night at some points of that football game. Okay. Don't worry about it. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, Ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. To the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. So Elon Musk said Apple is threatening to pull Twitter from its app store. Big surprise. Uh, Elon Musk, of course, uh, owns Tesla. He's the new owner of Twitter. Very controversial because he's actually letting people back onto the platform and letting people voice their own opinions. And uh, it's here we again have big tech possibly threatening to pull from the entire platform um, a social media uh, outlet that uh, what happened with Parler? The same thing, right? Donald right. Trump gets kicked off Twitter and then he goes to the Parler. This was before Truth Social. Right. And immediately big tech pulls the rug out from under that platform doesn't them doesn't allow them on uh you know Apple doesn't allow them on Google or whatever and just 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 kills no servers no no server and just and just killed that social media outlet all because 
of things people were saying. These people uh, are scared to death of an even playing field. And stop with the whole garbage of, well, they're just going to let terrorists and white supremacists on here. All right, fine. The Ayatollah is out here tweeting right now and has been since 2009, and nobody said a damn word about it. You guys are fine with that, which, by the way, the fact that you can send a DM to the Ayatollah, his DMs are open. <laughs> like, if you find the Ayatollah's Twitter account, you can totally troll the Ayatollah by sending him a, a DM. We should we should send him a message and ask him who the new Colts head coach should be after the season. <laughs> Just like random questions to the Ayatollah. Right. Okay. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> but because, you know, Donald Trump was allowed to come back, and mind you, he hasn't even tweeted yet. Sure. Uh, he was allowed to come back, and some of these other folks, they don't have complete control it drives them insane. So to recap, the political left, well, you should just build your own Twitter. So they built Parler. And then Apple pulls Parler from the App Store. Elon Musk buys Twitter. And now Apple is threatening to pull Twitter. Same thing. They've definitely, uh, Elon Musk, one of the things he was saying is that Apple has, has diminished or completely all but pulled their advertising right. from Twitter. Uh, so that's uh, again big tech colluding with the left and the progressives, just like the Hunter Biden laptop story. They all admitted it. I can't wait for Elon Musk to expose what Twitter did with that Hunter Biden laptop story before the 2020 election. I and I want the algorithms to- released. Let us know what the algorithms were of how you were censoring certain conservatives, but lifting up some of these ridiculous lunatics on the left. I want to see the algorithms released. Now the White House. This should make you feel good. They say they're keeping a close eye on Twitter. Are you concerned about the, you know, Elon Musk says there's more and more uh, subscribers coming online. Are you concerned about that? And what tools do you have? Who is it at the White House that is really keeping track of this? So, look, this is something that we're certainly uh, keeping an eye on. And uh, look, we, you know, we have always been very clear, um, and that uh, when it comes to social media platforms, it is their responsibility uh, to make sure that um, when it comes to misinformation, when we when we comes to the hate that we're seeing, uh, that they they take action, that they continue uh, to take action. Again, we're all keeping a close eye on this. We're all uh, uh, monitoring uh, what's what's currently uh, occurring. And uh, we see, you know, we see it with our own eyes of, of what you all are reporting and just for, for ourselves what's happening on, on Twitter. Uh, but again, social media companies have a responsibility to prevent their platforms uh, from being used by any user uh, to incite violence, especially violence uh, directed at individual communities. If it's the social media platform's responsibility to watch over that aspect of what KJP was talking about. Why does the White House have to keep an eye on it? Like, look, this is a free country, a social media platform. Uh, we have bigger things to worry about than what somebody's posting on Twitter. It's their responsibility. That's our, uh, beyond that, we don't have a comment. How about you keep an eye on China? Yeah, exactly. How about you keep an eye on what's (laughs) happening at the border and with fentanyl and what's happening in our schools? Keep eyes on that and maybe just pump the brakes a little bit on being concerned what the evil spaceman is doing with the social media app. Now, Kevin McCarthy, (laughs) uh, potential House Majority Leader, um, he had some response to the White House saying they're going to keep a close eye on it. That is offensive to me. Government's going to go after someone yeah. who wants to have free speech. 
what do they have to look at Twitter about? Do they want to go more after American public about whether they can have an opinion on something? I think the American public have spoken on this. I think our First Amendment stands up, and I, I think they should stop picking on Elon Musk. You know, Elon Musk has succeeded in many places. I, I'd bet on him more than government going after you. And I, one thing I would say when we talk about accountability, we'll no longer let government go after people simply because of their political views. Biden's creepy. <laughs> the, the White House uh, spokes, you know, Karine Jean-Pierre's just a weirdo. And and saying, yeah, we're, we're going to keep it. We, we got our eyes on you. That's straight up China BS. Right. right there. And again, your eyes should be elsewhere. Oh, your eyes should be on China. Right. And not, <laughs> and not a private company. Here's Ron DeSantis. Apple is threatening to remove Twitter from the App Store because Elon Musk is actually opening it up for free speech and is restoring a lot of accounts that were uh, unfairly and illegitimately suspended for putting out accurate information about COVID. That's like one of the main things that's being reinstated. So many things these experts were wrong at, and you had people on Twitter that were calling that out. And Twitter, the old regime in Twitter, their response was to try to just suffocate the dissent. And and, and Elon Musk knows that's not a winning formula, and so he's uh, providing free speech. And so if Apple responds to that, uh, by nuking them from from the app store, you know, I think that that would be a huge, huge mistake, and it would be a really raw exercise of monopolistic power that I think would merit a response uh, from from the United States Congress. Yeah, and by the way, Apple operates in China, so you're talking. They know firsthand what it's like uh, to suppress dissent. They learned it from the best. They own, they own and operate factories in China, slave labor. Uh, Uyghur Muslims, all these, uh, you know, the 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 COVID lockdown protests right now. Apple knows firsthand what can happen uh, if things get out of control. That's what, again trying to suppress dissent. They learned it from the best. We're going to keep a close yeah. eye on Twitter. How about you keep a close eye on this cryptocurrency scandal? Oh, there's that, yeah. Because we've got that going on as well. This weirdo with a white man afro needs to be brought to justice here. And crypto as a whole. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I understand every single thing about it. But I'm seeing a lot of deaths related to it. Really? And that's really weird. So this Russian billionaire was killed in a helicopter crash in the latest crypto uh, mystery death the helicopter crashed in perfectly good weather and this was after the other passengers reportedly canceled last minute so who was this guy he's some russian billionaire 53 year old crypto billionaire crypto billionaire he's the third cryptocurrency entrepreneur to die unexpectedly in recent weeks oh where's the tinfoil hat Listen, I don't understand everything about, you know, what's going on with cryptocurrency, but I know people are dropping dead left and right. And that weirdo with the white man afro, we call it a whafro, is somewhere living it up, hijacking people's money. And that sucks. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel show on 93 WIBC. Uh, coming up after 4 o'clock, everything you need to know about um, how the judge in the Delphi case releasing the contents of that sealed affidavit, uh, what we did, did not learn. More on the way from WIBC. Hammer, do we have a, a score, an update on the World Cup Iran v. USA? 
It is one to nothing, United States. I'm sorry, it's one nil. Come on, one you got to use, use soccer speak. Well, if we're going to be a holes about it, it's Iran. <laughs> Wait a minute, Iran. you're going to tell me you're going to preach to me about my pr- pronunciation of Iran? Yes. No, because there was a U.S. Yeah, soccer star that. that got a lecture on this yesterday. Uh, Tyler Adams, yep. he's the captain of the uh, U.S. men's national team. He got called out by this journalist from Iran that he was saying the name of the country wrong. You're pronouncing our country's name wrong. Our country is named Iran, not Iran. Please, once and for all, let's get this clear. Second of all, um, are you okay to be representing a country that has so much discrimination against black people on its own borders? And uh, we saw the Black Lives Matter movement uh, over the past few years. Are you okay to be representing the U.S.? Meanwhile, there's so much discrimination happening against black people in America. Imagine getting a social justice lecture from Iran. They throw homosexuals off tops of buildings in Iran. Well, I'm sorry, Iran. Screw them. I'm saying Iran. Iran. <laughs> I'm saying it like I grew up in, in Lisbon, Indiana. Iranians. Iran. Yeah, you're going to lecture me about racism? You're one of the biggest state sponsors of, of terror in the world, if not the biggest. And TMZ really? had a story earlier today that said, you know, if these soccer players from Iran don't beat the United States, they could face some uh, consequences, to say the least, when they get back home. Like, this is some third world country kind of stuff going on here. Like, I kind of feel bad for these uh, soccer guys from Iran because that's that's a lot of pressure. Well, I'm assuming they've been coached on how to respond to that propagandist reporter for, uh, uh, you know, you'd listen to this guy's response. It was It was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, this was right. the uh, response from Tyler Adams to that planted, you know, reporter from Iran. My apologies on uh, the mispronunciation of your country. Um, yeah, that being said, you know, there's discrimination uh, everywhere you go. Um, you know, one thing that I've learned, especially from living abroad in the past years and uh, having to fit in in different cultures and, and kind of assimilate into different cultures um, is that in the U.S. we're, we're continuing to make progress uh, every single day. You know, growing up for me, I was I, I grew up in a, in a white family with an obviously an African-American heritage and background as well. So um, I had a little bit of uh, different cultures and I, I was very, very easily able to assimilate in different different cultures. So, um, you know, not everyone has that that ease and uh, the ability to do that. And obviously it takes longer to understand. And through education, I think it's it's super important. Like you just educated me now on the pronunciation of, of your country. So, um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a process. I think as, as long as you see progress, uh, that's the most important thing. He's a lot nicer than I would have been. You're, you, you're going to sit here and lecture me on oppression and racism and human rights? You're Iran. <laughs> Talk to me more about Hamas. Tell me, tell me more about how much money you've given that terrorist organization. Tell me more about being one of the biggest state-sponsored uh, um, you know, uh, things in the world. Like, honestly, in the world, Iran, one of the biggest state sponsors of terror that we've we've ever seen. And you're going to sit there and, and ask me some sort of condescending question about racism? And then, then also try to have some sort of superiority over me because uh, I, I pronounced the name wrong? Oh, dear Lord, Hammer. That is, it, 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 he, it's a lot nicer than you and I would have been.
a thing. So I've got my message getting ready to be sent to the Ayatollah Khomeini here. Again, his DMs are open on Twitter. And there's an American one that's translated, and there's the one that's written you know, okay. in Arabic. Um, I'm on the American one, and this is my message. Tell me if you think this works. I think it's short, and I think it's to the point. Suck it. P.S. Can I be called the Ayatollah of Beach Grove? <laughs> I'm curious to see if the Ayatollah would be willing to say, oh. you can be called the Ayatollah of Boy, Beach Grove. you would get a lecture from that Iranian reporter that was asking those questions. You would get such a finger wagging. Sent. <laughs> and now we wait. If, if I don't make it to work tomorrow, it's not because I've got some sort of thing going on with my throat. It's because I've been killed by the Ayatollah. <laughs> um, you sent me this story earlier. And listen... I'm a simple man, but when I see headlines like this, I'm willing to go the extra mile to make it happen. Free McDonald's for life? Yeah. Uh, it's what you could have if you, you get you get that McDonald's McGold card. McGold card. How do I get a McGold card? I think it has something to do with that. Every order, like over a dollar on the McDonald's app, which we use in our family sometimes. Uh, maybe on the weekends we treat the kids a little McDonald's breakfast. Get on that app. I mean, we're not we're not advertising. Just uh, I don't think they're sponsors of the show or anything. But you know, you should show up and they'll uh, uh, they'll uh, do this contest. And if your name gets drawn, your name gets picked. If you order at least a dollar uh, off the app, then you could very well get free McDonald's for life twice a week. So this is life. like a Willy Wonka's contest yeah. for old fat guys. Like three me. winners will be awarded. The McGold card. Oh, <laughs> yeah. dude. Like, Willy Wonka for fake. <laughs> it is. Like, this is it. This is everything that I've wanted right here, man. Uh, I don't need my 24-hour McDonald's buffet that I've dreamed about. If I have the McGold card, sure. man, that's fantastic. All right. Marcus Bailey, meteorologist, Wish TV, and more on the Delphi investigations coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it. Hello. My name is Nigel. Hammer's right over there with a very special guest on the DriveHublo.com hotline. Marcus Bailey is a meteorologist with our news gathering partners at Wish TV 8. Marcus, we were just watching the end of the uh, USA-Iran World Cup match here. So we've got that as some good news for us. The USA gets the dub. Pacers look good. We get a yep. dub with them last night. We're not going to yep. talk about the Colts game. That's <laughs> dead to me. Yep. But... Uh, yep. For me personally, you know me, I'm also a weather nerd, and we're going to yep. get like all the seasons in 24 hours here in Indiana. Great. We're going to get wind, and we're going to get you yep. know decent temperatures and cold weather. Tell me about it. Yeah, I mean, probably in less than 24 hours. I mean, temperatures are, you know, 50s, some lower 60s. We've got some rain around. I've noticed the winds are kind of picking up here. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just going to be huge kind of next 12 hours of change. Mild, windy. I think it actually will get a little more windy here, guys, as we go through the, the evening and overnight. I think that's going to be kind of the the big story. We could see Gus maybe getting up to around 50 miles per hour late tonight. Whoa, did you say 50, 5-0? 50, 
5-0. Yeah, that's there. so there's a wind advisory for for all of central Indiana because of that. Man, and, I and just got the blow-ups up. We got the Christmas <laughs> decorations out. We got the blow-ups up. Is it a reindeer or a Christmas tree that's a blow-up? Oh, we got like, Santa. We got snowmen. <laughs> we got reindeer. They're all up. And now Marcus is telling me it's going to be 50-mile-an-hour damn winds tonight. Listen, when you go out there and you got those blow-ups and they start flying away, just make sure you put your hand over your heart and sing the national anthem. <laughs> <laughs> That's Christmas vacation reference. I love it. So are we going to get any like severe weather out of this thing? Because there have been some tornado warnings at various uh, places in the country. Are we going to get any of that? So we're connected to that, but we're kind of on the northern edge. It's a lower end threat. I don't don't want to dismiss it. Um, We're going to get some thunderstorms. Basically, this whole wind machine is getting cranked up because we have a huge difference in temperatures from where we're at now to when you wake up tomorrow morning it's a big cold front and so kind of the window we're thinking is probably around 9 p.m to 3 a.m when this cold front triggers some thunderstorms so i think there's a potential that we could have a severe thunderstorm warning or two any threat is going to be a wind threat uh, a damaging wind threat from any thunderstorm a tornado threat is low if not zero in central indiana so we won't be dealing with what they're dealing with down in like mississippi where it could be kind of an outbreak type of day uh but again you know just be aware of it we don't get severe weather very often in november especially late november and especially because it'll be happening late tonight just kind of keep your guard up there are the uh, the decorations out at the bailey household do you have the blow-ups out in the front yard the lights up so, the christmas tree so- no, the, the, well, okay, so the outdoor decorations are not. Indoor decorations have been done for a while. I'm just, I'm in holding off, you know, and there's like, oh, I'll have a day here. And then it's like Sunday was miserable, wet, windy. Yeah. Today is warmer, but windy. I'm not putting them up today. It's going to be too <laughs> darn cold the next couple of days. I'll get to it eventually. It may be like the day before Christmas, but one of these days. Can, I, can I make a confession? Um, my wife and I, in terms of outdoor illumination, yeah. we cheated. We, uh, we 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 delivered up some cash and had a guy come out. Okay, I'm, but at least I'm, you're I'm, doing I'm, it. Though. I'm, I'm ashamed to say. No, and actually, be. it was it was uh, it's nothing extensive. It's like just along the sure. t- the top of our house along the way. But it was still a good, decent dollar amount. But I, I've never done anything like that before. And I, I can't. I don't have a. I don't have a ladder that that reaches th- that high. I don't have an extension ladder. So and you're not going to get on a ladder. Like, you're Tony Katz. <laughs> you're not Katz. getting not on, a get on a ladder. All right. So you guys. So you guys aren't making. Fun, so you guys aren't shaming me then. All right. I thought I was going to get shamed for for paying somebody to come up. No and way, put up man. a little lighting. Listen, I'm with you. I don't have a ladder that goes. I have zero interest in going up to the to the. To the peak of my yeah. the, the second right. floor of my house i mean if i'm doing it like it's literally around my porch and yeah. that's about it it's pretty pathetic like everybody else goes all out in our neighborhood and then there's just us where there's like a hand but it's like i wadded up some lights threw them in the corner and plugged them in <laughs> i feel bad for marcus because we can use the excuse of well i'm just gonna wait till the weather gets a little bit better like when you're the meteorologist at a major <laughs> tv station that excuse you know doesn't that. fly you know when the weather's gonna be and you have to get your butt outside sometimes well and that's where i gotta be extra careful because if this dummy goes up on a ladder when there's 50 mile per hour winds and i fall over yeah, the headline on Wish TV, how's that going to play out? Morning meteorologist hurts himself <laughs> on the ladder. So what's a little timeline for this uh, wind Ugh. gust that we're talking about here, Marcus? Give us a breakdown. So I, here's the thing. So I think these will increase as this front approaches. I think the cold front's probably going to move through around midnight here in the metro. So that's going to be kind of the peak of the winds where we'll, we'll reach up close to that possible wind gust of 50 miles per hour 
they'll kind of gradually diminish during the overnight. But look, I think it's still probably in the range of 35 to 45 overnight. And even when you wake up tomorrow morning, you're probably looking at 30 plus for wind gusts. So it doesn't really ease up much. Just the real bad, bad stuff is going to be kind of where we have that severe weather, you know, time frame, 9 p.m., 3 a.m., where it could get real, real rough in that 50 plus. But it's still going to be pretty windy, at least for the next 24 hours. Marcus Bailey, meteorologist for Wish TV 8. Marcus, as always, we appreciate your time. All right. Thanks, fellas. Thanks, Marcus. So these COVID lockdown protests in China, this Ugh. is a big story. It's it's huge. I, I love seeing it, actually. I love seeing people fight back, although I don't know uh, how much progress they're going to make, how much influence they're going to have. They don't, I mean, China doesn't have a Second Amendment. They can't no. fight back. They don't have guns in China where uh, you, you can fight back against it. The government has tons of stuff. Well, the government, sure, but the <laughs> citizens don't have any way to really fight back against a tyrannical, oppressive regime like china but but god love them i mean they've i mean china's got this policy uh, two two and a half years three years running of strict zero covid and then if there's even one case that you know that you lock the entire city down or like or, or at least lock you know steal people up in their apartment building buildings with you know they weld the steel doors shut like what happened in a uyghur muslim uh, apartment building a fire broke out killed dozens and that's kind of what really spawned yes. more of these protests here. And it's put the Biden White House in a really interesting position because you know how much they hate to criticize China. They are scared to death of criticizing well, China. Not only that, but but Fauci and the crew loved what China was doing in the very beginning with the lockdowns. They modeled, they, they wanted to, what was happening in China in 2020, they modeled everything that's going on now after what they recommended to Donald Trump in 2020 to do. Here is uh, John Kirby being asked about the protests in China. Ugh, that guy. I'm wondering, what is the president's reaction when he hears protesters in China chant freedom or Xi Jinping step down? The president's not going to speak for protesters around the world. They're speaking for themselves. So there's no reaction? This, the, the, these protesters are speaking for themselves. What we are doing is making it clear speaking that we support the right of peaceful protest. All you have to do is say, yeah, the government interfering with your life is bad. That's all you got to say. But they can't do it. They're incapable of doing it because they carry the water for these people. What you got to say is, like, yeah, these draconian, they're welding people shut into their buildings without any food or access to medicine or water. Of course there's going to be protests. Yes, we're with them. And we think what China's doing is is serious human rights issues. This at the, at the is, very um, least, say that. John Kirby, again, speaking. And I think if this is Peter Ducey of Fox uh, asking him the question. So just to follow up, John, on the China issue, why is the White House's line that everybody has the right to peacefully protest and not the U.S. thinks it's bad to lock people up in their houses to stop COVID. Yeah. We've, we've made it clear, Peter, that uh, uh, a, a lockdown is, is not a policy that, that uh, we're, we're going to support here. We've, we've come a long way uh, over these last three years, hard to believe three years, in terms of uh, treating COVID and preventing COVID. So uh, we've said, you know, a lockdown is not a policy that we support here. Um, it was. But obviously there are people in China that, that have have concerns about that and they're protesting that and we believe they should be able to do that peacefully and the thing is is that it's not just democrats you have guys like eric holcomb that were more than happy to lock you down and keep you out of your business 
Everybody's so scared to criticize China walking on eggshells. You know, it's pretty easy to criticize people on the uh, front lawn of the governor's mansion that just want to work, that don't want anything but the right to go back to work. Yeah, you can call them all the names you want, including Petri Dish. But boy, you are walking on eggshells when it comes to China and their oppressive draconian COVID lockdowns that continue three years later. They're real good at bashing Elon Musk sure. and Twitter. Oh, yeah. But hot damn, don't you dare say a word about China. Is this anything next? Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Emma and Nigel presents is. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? Hammer, how do we play? Is this anything? I'll run some stories by you. You break down all the stories. You break down all the information. Okay. And you tell us if it's anything or not. Dateline, Florida. A Florida police officer who doesn't know how to swim, put her life on the line by jumping into a retention pond to grab a drowning baby, Wow! pulling the child to land and giving CPR. Here's some of the body cam audio of Officer Sanderson saving this child's life. That is dramatic audio, if I've ever heard it. Wow. Police officer body cam footage of the officer jumping into a retention pond. And she doesn't know how to swim. Whoa. Uh, Okay, I have a question, and I'm glad everybody's okay. The baby's okay. The officer's obviously a hero, but what do you think... I'm not criticizing law enforcement here, but wouldn't you think that's a requirement to be a law enforcement officer? You got to know how to swim, especially living in Florida. Around you know, depending on where you live, if you don't live inland, you live near uh, coastlines, the Gulf, uh, hurricanes. You you don't think that'd be a requirement to know how to, that that kind of confuses me uh, a little bit, doesn't you? But clearly, it's not a factor because this woman didn't know how to swim and she still I saved know. the day. I understand. So she she risked her life and 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 that's what officers are paid to do. But you can mitigate certain <laughs> things, like in case you ever have to jump into a retention pond, you might want to know how to to swim but she's a hero and that that was that was some intense audio right there one of my worst fears was getting caught in um you know getting in a wreck and, and diving in into a retention pond or some sort of creek where i can't get out and the and the car is slowly filling up with water all right now now we need to talk about this because how many worst fears do you have oh, i plenty. thought your worst fear was being dragged to the bottom by a shark uh by a great white that's one yes being um, mauled to death by a bear yeah that's two um, bear, lion, uh, cougar, whatever. Johnny Cougar. <laughs> being mauled by Johnny being, Cougar. Being beat up by Johnny Cougar or his sons. <laughs> some of my worst fears. <laughs> I really want to make sure people start calling him Johnny Cougar again. <laughs> no, like, you got to see him on the side of the... Cougs! Cougs. Don't even call him Cougar. Cougs, what's up, man? You see him at an IU game or something, just go up, get to do him a fist bump. <laughs> Cougs! <laughs> 
<laughs> and then do it as he's as he's sitting for the national anthem. Coog, stand up, Coog. Get hey, on Coog, your feet. Coog, stand up. <laughs> okay. Uh, on a lighter law enforcement note, mm-hmm. a New Hampshire man says that his car was stolen while he was warming it up with the keys in the ignition and nobody inside the vehicle. It happens. Here is Mike McCormick explaining what happened and his efforts to get back into the vehicle. And all of a sudden, I hear a click, and I look outside, and my car's gone. It's just gone. I've been contacting the cops every few hours to see if there's any <laughs> updates, and there just hasn't been any updates. Because I just have to wait now. It's just a waiting game. Really? You've been contacting the cops every few hours? Uh, Officer Johnson, hello. Hey, just uh, see if you guys got any leads on my uh, store. He's like Big Lebowski. Like, I'd love how this guy went all Big Lebowski on the cops, basically asking him if they had any leads on his stolen car. Are you going to find these guys? Or, you know, I mean, you got any promising uh, uh, leads or. Leads? Yeah, sure. I'll uh, just check with the boys down at the crime lab. They uh, got uh, four more detectives working on the case. The gun is working in shifts. <laughs> Leads. 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 <laughs> That's exactly what those officers in New Hampshire are saying every time that moron calls. <laughs> hey, you guys find my car yet? It leads? Leads. leads. <laughs> guys, we got guys working in shifts. <laughs> so good. Oh, man. Oh. Like, what, when I laugh, mm-hmm. I start to cough, and I'm trying not to. Oh, I want but, you to start coughing. I want you hear, to go, go into a fit. Hearing Funny. that guy's voice <laughs> just reminded me of Big Lebowski. Yeah. I've been, uh, calling, I've been calling down at the precinct every few hours. They don't, they don't have any leads on my stolen car. Leads. <laughs> uh, is this anything? There's a new viral trend where <sighs> one person plays the ACDC hit back on black on a guitar mm-hmm. while somebody else smashes them in the head with a frying pan. <laughs> Wait a minute. Like on beat? Yes, on beat. <laughs> Start now, over. Start to, over. Somebody's playing back in black on the guitar while somebody else smashes him in the head with a frying pan to the beat. Now, it seems like the other person has some sort of protective headgear on. <laughs> Listen, I could tell you about it, but let's just play okay, the audio. I want to hear this. Bang! Bam. I think the guy was wearing like a knight's helmet or something. Yeah, well, yeah, this is definitely, <laughs> this is something. This is what people are doing with their free time on social media, on TikTok. Uh, this is, I, I'm glad people have a lot all this time. Like, what? what's better? I want you to, you make the call, Hammer. What is better? This or the clothes washer uh, set to Thunderstruck? It's a washing machine running in cycle. And he's got a hammer and he's hitting the washing machine. <laughs> I think I like this better. What do you think? I think I like, you like that better? Or the- Kylan, can I hear the guy in the, the knight's helmet getting hit with a frying pan one more time, please? <laughs> I think I like this better, to be okay. honest with you. All right. I do. Oh, man. The Hammer and Nigel Show. <laughs> You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIPC. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer 
right over there. Also, uh, on the drivehublo.com hotline, a very special guest. Guy Relford is a Second Amendment attorney and licensed firearms instructor. So, Guy, um, the the probable cause document in the Delphi case released today. Witnesses' names were redacted. It looks like Richard Allen is likely the man seen and heard in the Down the Hill video taken on Libby German's phone just before she was murdered in 2017. At least that's what the probable cause document says. One of the other things that it says is that a 40 caliber bullet, unspent, was found between the bodies of Abby Williams and Libby German, and it was linked to ballistics tests performed at a state police lab to a pistol that Richard Allen had owned by his own admission since 2001. I'm wondering what you make of this. We don't know the cause of death. We just know that a bullet between the bodies was linked to Richard Allen. I was wondering if you could tell us more about what an unspent bullet is and ballistics and all that those things. Sure. And, um, you know, there's a lot of confusion about this. I've, I've been uh, watching or listening to some of the other media reports uh, around uh, since the probable cause affidavit was released, and the media is is it's getting a, a lot of it wrong, and just in terms of how ammunition works, how firearms work, and and so no, I'm happy to go through that. When you talk about an unspent round, what you're talking about is is a cartridge, right? A lot of t- a lot of times people use the term bullet. And that's really incorrect. Bullet is the projectile. That's what comes out of the muzzle of the barrel and goes downrange and 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 uh, puts a hole in the target or, or or does damage, you know, to whatever it is you're shooting at. That the entire. Uh, mechanism, the entire thing is called a cartridge. A bullet is just one component of that. So when they say an unspent round of ammunition, what they're talking about is a, a complete cartridge, but they say that, it, that ballistics and, and particularly extraction marks have linked that round of ammunition to the defendant's gun. And by, by that they mean that the, the round has been chambered into the gun. In other words, this is a semi-automatic. The cartridge goes into the magazine. Then you have to uh, rack the slide of a semi-automatic that inserts around into the chamber. Then to get that back out without firing it, you rack the slide again. You pull the slide back. The extractor, which is like a little claw inside the slide of a semi-automatic firearm, hooks onto the protruding edge of the, the rear of the casing of a cartridge and pulls it out. And the ejector then essentially kicks it out, the um, the ejection port of the firearm. So what they're saying is this is a round that's unfired, but it's been in the chamber of his gun, and they've marked they've they've but through microscopic analysis, they've they've matched markings on the cartridge, the casing of the cartridge, to the actual extractor, this little claw that does its job and pulls that out when you pull the slide back or when the gun shoots, does the same thing, kicks it out. They've matched that round, which raises some really interesting questions, which is why would you remove an unspent round out of your gun in the middle of a crime? Typically, guys, that's going to be if the gun is malfunctioned. In other words, you pull the trigger, the gun goes click, for whatever reason, that round didn't go off. That's what we call a misfire, where the, the striker uh, firing pin hits the primer of that round. It doesn't go off. It's a bad round. Hmm. Well, you got to get that round out of there 
to, in order to put a good round in and keep shooting your gun if that's your intent. Typically, you rack the slide, you continue to shoot. Um, so it's typically either a, a, a loading mistake or it's a malfunction of the gun that that results in our, uh, an unspent round hitting the ground. And here, where we know the round was in his gun, at least according to the probable cause affidavit, that suggests to me the gun malfunctioned in some ways. That's why he had to get an unspent round out of his gun in order to get another round of ammunition into the chamber of that gun so it, it then was capable of, of firing again is that common is that a common thing to happen where a uh, a round becomes unspent and it comes laying on the ground because when i first read this again i'm not the two-way uh, aficionado that you are guy i thought that was really interesting but is this pretty commonplace well, not with modern factory ammunition, but see, we don't know. I mean, we don't know whether this guy reloaded his own ammunition, which is very common. Um, you know, with, with and I, this is reported to be a 40 caliber, with modern 40-day caliber ammunition, you know, it, 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 it's rare, but it's not completely unusual. In fact, you know, I've run a, a large public range. You, you go talk to other folks who work at ranges, and they, they typically go home at the end of the day. If you're a, a range safety officer out, you know, working the firing line, you'll go home with a pocket full of unspent rounds from rounds that just didn't go off. And so people eject them. They end up on the ground. You pick them up. You put them in your pocket. You go home and, and you deal with them safely after the fact. So it's, it, it, it's, it's not common, common in, in, in terms, if I have a, a box of, you know, 50 rounds of ammunition that I bought at a gun store, if I have more than one misfire out of that, that's unusual. In fact, if I even have one anymore, that's really considered to be unusual. However, you know, stuff happens, and, uh, and 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 like I said, people that work at ranges, they they go home at the end of the day with a pocket full of unspent rounds because of exactly this kind of thing happening. Uh, we're speaking with the uh, gun guy, Guy Relford, uh, ninety three WIBC, talking about the Delphi murders, the release of the the probable cause affidavit today. What we've learned: the uh, unspent bullet in between the bodies of. Uh, Libby and Abby, but they did not release a cause of death. So I just want to make that uh, clear, even though we're dealing in bullets and guns and ballistics now, they still did not release a cause of death. Um, As a trial attorney guy, I mean, I know your experience in trials is mainly Second Amendment related, but does anything stick out to you in terms of a defense that, that, that Richard Allen's attorneys are could be possibly preparing here now? Yes, and the fact that law enforcement and the prosecutor's office uh, continue to say that they don't believe he's the only one involved. And and the argument, and it was really interesting, the argument for keeping the the charging documents confidential has been that, well, you're jeopardizing our investigation if you release all this information because we don't think Richard Allen was the only one involved. Well, isn't that interesting? I mean, you know, a typical defense in a case like this is going to be my client didn't do it. Some other guy did it. And well, here they're saying, well, we think he did it, but someone else was involved. What does that mean? And and what role did, did multiple people play? And that's in, incredibly intriguing because you're, you're essentially admitting a potential hole in your prosecution case if to say that my you know that, that this defendant is not the person exclusively responsible for this doesn't mean he's not guilty but but you're admitting someone else played a role well 
whatever role that other person played may have diminished the role that you know that that this uh, defendant played. That's just extremely interesting to me, and I would be very focused on that as a criminal defense attorney. Uh, and also the idea that you know in a, in a, an unspent round on the ground um, that's unusual in the sense that. Um, one, it doesn't happen that often, as we just went through. But secondly, that's that's something that a criminal defense attorney can say. Well, you know, anybody can go uh, find around. If I'm friends with someone, or if I go to the shooting range with someone, and they and I see this happen to them, and they eject, you know, a misfire out of their gun, I can easily pick that up and put it in my pocket, and then use it for whatever purpose I want to later. So you may get kind of an OJ defense going here, which is somebody planted this in order to cast, uh, you know, guilt uh, upon this defense. Uh, because it's unusual. It's not like it's a spent shell casing from the gun having been fired. This is an unspent round that somehow was in the gun, got it, made its way out of the gun, and landed between uh, the victims. That's that's odd. So, and, so are uh, you questioning the, are the veracity? How like how damning is the 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 unspent round evidence in your opinion uh, in well, making the case it, against Richard Allen? If it's linked to his gun conclusively, they say it is. Yeah. But, you know, you, you could easily have an expert come in on the other side and say, oh, no, there's some similarities here in these markings at a microscopic level between the the, the, the extractor on this gun and, and the markings on this casing. You could have a battle of experts where somebody else comes in and says, no, this isn't conclusive at all, similar but not the same. Um, so, but, but if it's conclusively linked to a gun that he owned, yeah, that's a hell of a problem to get over as a defense attorney. But there's an awful lot more to talk about, including whether another expert would uh, dispute those ballistics. Last thing here, Guy, before we let you go, uh, reading through this eight-page affidavit that was released earlier today, it looked like Richard Allen's wife also spoke to the authorities and confirmed that he still has that jacket, still has the boots that we've seen that still photograph, um, knives, firearms, including the specific 6 Sour 40 caliber pistol, which they believe is the one where the uh, the round came from here. Are the, is the testimony of Richard Allen's wife going to be something that ultimately sends him away? Could. Sure. That happens all the time. And that's why people, you know, if you're under investigation, you know, as a criminal defense attorney, um, you know, people need to realize it's your choice whether you talk to law enforcement or you don't. And a lot of times people want to be cooperative. You know, they want to, you know, deliver the message that they have nothing to hide. And I completely understand that. And they think, well, if I don't talk, then they'll, they'll think I'm guilty or they think I'm hiding something or I'm, you know, covering for my husband, whatever it might be. But keep in mind, when you have those conversations, just like, you know, the Miranda warnings say, everything you say can and will be used against you. And that's exactly how it works. So people need to make their, their own choices on how much they cooperate with law enforcement when they're under that, you know, when they're in that situation. He is the host of the Gun Guy Show. He's also a 2A attorney and a firearms instructor. Guy Relford, thank you. Thanks, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. Oh, yeah. My name is Nigel. Hammer's over there. Struggling a little bit over there, big guy. I Dude, tell this it, voice I, is going to go I, out at I, any moment. I, I can tell when you went on with Rob this morning. I can t- immediately tell something was... It, it, and then I get to work, and I've seen you look better. I'll be honest with you. You, you seem to be fighting back something. And so uh, that's why I snuck away during the break and brought oh, you uh, oh, brought you some uh, some grandpa's cough syrup. Look a shot at of, you uh, hooking me up here. I like that. Of, uh, a shot of the brown stuff. 
Oh, a little something uh, for the throat so this, here. This this will help ease and soothe your uh, pains in the throat. This will make you feel better. Uh, cheers to you. Cheers. Um, mm. That is good. <laughs> Did I catch a little Anderson Cooper out of you right there? No, that was Poindexter. Dexter. No. <laughs> Same thing. Um, boy, that's really good. I have like nine more of those. <laughs> that'll, that'll cure you. A guy is going viral on TikTok after claiming to have spent over $3,000 in gear at Best Buy, but refusing to spend 11 cents on a plastic bag that was offered to him what? after he had already checked out. Here is Matt Plapp explaining what happened on his uh, social media outlet. So this is us carrying $3,200 in stuff out of Best Buy. No bag, because after we paid, we were told it's 11 cents for a bag. Okay, thanks, Best Buy. What was Best Buy? Aldi? <laughs> Aldi charges for their bags, right? When you check out, Best right. Buy, wait, you spend three grand at Best Buy, they can't provide the bags unless you give them a dime? That stinks. I mean, that's not right, is it? That kind of reminds me of what here? I told you in Vegas the other day. You make a bunch of sports books, bets, and they'll give you like two drink tickets. You know, like, no, that's not how this is. I just dropped like, you know, 500 bucks here. I think you can cough over a few Miller Lights my way. I don't think that's asking too much. It used to be like that in Vegas. But they're like 99, 2000 with my buddies and watching Pacers playoffs and sitting there playing Keno for a dollar a pop. And they were just <laughs> shoveling Miller Lights down our throat for free. As long as we were playing Keno. I won. I won the money. <laughs> and now two drinks after spending 500 bucks. That's ex- ex- yeah, the exact same thing. Uh, when we come back, we'll reset. A lot of stuff going on with the Delphi case. And there's a certain someone who's interested in becoming the leader of the RNC. We'll tell you who that person is when we come back. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it! Hey, my- my name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is right over there. Uh, big news today, talking about the Delphi murders. The probable cause document has been released. The judge released this. Uh, names of witnesses were redacted. Richard Allen, likely the guy seen and heard in the, quote, down the hill video taken on Libby German's phone. Uh, that, of course, is according to the probable cause document, again, that was released. Right. Says a... Uh, 40 caliber unspent bullet was found between the bodies and was linked to ballistics tests performed uh, by a state police lab to a pistol that, that Richard Allen owned, which, you know, by his own admission since 2001, although he claims he doesn't know anything about it or doesn't know how the bullet got there. And I mean, I mean, those are the big takeaways today 
from this document is that that police now believe yeah this is the guy in the down the hill video and by the way oh while we're not releasing a cause of death still we don't know how these girls died right to this day uh, there's still there was a, a bullet found between their bodies an unspent bullet but we also found out that there is more and we thought that this was the case there's a little bit more on the phone of libby german uh per the affidavit that was released today someone and we don't know if it was abby or libby yells gun mm, that's right someone yells gun uh and that's before uh the down the hill situation so that is uh basically all of what came out of this probable cause affidavit uh the ballistics testing claims they can link the unspent round back to a weapon owned by richard allen and Richard Allen's wife admits that, yes, he's got all of those clothes that we've seen on that horrific photo, you know, of him walking the trail with the, the coat yeah, well, and the he, hat. He admits to being there that day between certain hours uh, before they went missing. Right. Between 1.30 and 3.30. And there's also video that backs up uh, where he went to the trail as well. Like yes. a local store's video recognized his truck parking before he made his way to the trail now if that wasn't enough the defense team today from richard allen is requesting a change of venue because they claim that with a case like this as high profile as it is they're not going to get a fair shot at this thing within basically 150 miles of carroll county okay everybody in indiana knows about this case everybody i mean this has been a national a documented case for five years so uh i think we're fine where we're at yeah and they the defense attorneys had mentioned that earlier today they basically stated that they understand that a lot of people have heard about this case but they think the best chance at getting a few witnesses who might not know is getting far away from carroll county and maybe they're right maybe as a defense attorney that's the right thing to do we all want justice, but at the same time, nobody wants a mistrial and nobody wants some sort of technicality. You want to make sure this is the guy. Now, the other thing that I thought was really interesting was when you read through this affidavit, there's nothing in there about a potential second suspect or another person involved, because that was a big talking point uh, the last couple of weeks. Well, the prosecution said as much when giving excuses as to why this this document should not be unsealed. Right. And uh, that was nowhere near in this probable cause affidavit. And again, it's eight pages. The names have been taken off. It's victim one. It's victim two. No witnesses are identified. But there are witnesses who can place Richard Allen at the trail. There's video. He admitted that show- being there around. He didn't admit to anything other than being there on that day between certain hours of the day. So, yep. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. that's yeah. that's it. A lot of people felt underwhelmed by the information that came out today. But, you know, it. there's also some people that said, hey, slow and steady wins the race. If you could tie, if you could tie this piece of evidence, this unspent bullet that was found in between the bodies, if you could tie that scientifically, and police say they have, to Richard Allen's gun via ballistics in the state police lab, that, to me, is damning evidence. Now, we heard Guy Relford earlier when he called in, the defense team's going to say, listen, somebody could have 
stolen some things from my gun. Somebody could have grabbed a bullet at my house and placed it and framed me for this thing at the crime scene. You have to absolutely prove that Richard Allen was the guy and... However, he killed these young ladies. It's not necessarily shooting. They didn't mention that today. No. Um, However, he killed, if he did, kill these young ladies. You have to be able to prove that. Well, the the other thing the defense is going to say is like, look, the prosecution already said there's there's a possibility that there's more than one person out here. Okay, my guy ain't it. David on Twitter writes at us, at Hammer and Nigel. Uh, Here's a theory. The accused did not know he had a round in the chamber when he chambered one and ejected one. So, again, a lot of speculation right now. Uh, We still have a lot of questions about what's going on. But I think, if anything, you can 100% place Richard Allen at the scene of the crime. Now, whether he's the murderer or not, we don't know. So, we talked about the RNC, the Republican National Committee. They have a leader named Ronna McDaniel. There's a lot of people, myself included, that feel like maybe it's time for a change. We've had her on the show several times. Right. But if you look back at this midterm election, you had a lot of things to work with here. You had the summer of love. You had a bad economy, drugs pouring across the border, supply chain issues, and you lost Senate seats. I mean, that's a tough pill to swallow. Like in sports terms, sometimes you can't fire the whole team, so you fire the coach. And Ronna McDaniel's taking some heat, but who's going to take her gig? There's only one person so far that said, you know what? I'm volunteering. I want to run against Ronna McDaniel. And that person is the My Pillow guy, Mike Lindell, Nige. <laughs> Okay, I don't know if the my pillow guy is the answer the Republicans are looking for. Uh, Trump's endorsed him for that. <laughs> well, so we I'm got a sure. ball game here. I'm not sure uh, moving forward after his little dinner how much that means either. We're also hearing chatter that Lee Zeldin could that be would, somebody that could take on Ronna McDaniel. He's not officially choice. officially yeah. declared himself in the mix yet, but as of right now, we've got two candidates: Ronna McDaniel and Mike Lindell. <laughs> And only one of them has been endorsed by Donald Trump, and it's not Ronna McDaniel. There is a reason why we're coming in with Billy Squire. (laughs) It's the uh, Hammer and Nigel show. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer, right over there. I'll explain it in just a few minutes. Uh, Tony Katz coming up a little bit after... 5.30 for Tuesdays with Tony. The 50 worst decisions in music history, according to Rolling Stone. Hammer, have you seen that? Did the Van Halen hiring of uh, Sharon make the list? <laughs> oh, the guy from man. Extreme? I love Gary Sharon. Great voice. And I love Extreme. Just not a good match for Van Halen. No, not at all. I don't think. So this is the 50 worst decisions in music history, according to Rolling Stone. Number one involves the Rolling Stones, the band. Remember, I saw this in the documentary. They hired the uh, motorcycle club Hell's Angels to do security at their concert in 69. At, uh, oh, the Altamont. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It resulted in a death of a fan who was stabbed by one of the members of the Hell's Angels. Yeah. Not, not, that, a, good, uh, not a good decision. Not, not, a, not a good decision, um, no. Try to save a few bucks. I understand it, but <laughs> not a good choice. 
Jerry Lee Lewis, I think this pretty much goes without saying. It doesn't even need to be on the list. We already knew this already. Jerry Lee Lewis marries his 13-year-old cousin. (laughs) Yeah. One of the 50 worst decisions in music history. (laughs) Imagine being, like, at the time, a big Jerry Lee Lewis fan. Oh, man, great balls of fire. Love that song. Then you find out he marries his 13-year-old cousin. (laughs) Oh, well, never mind. Uh, that, That record company, Decca, passing on signing the Beatles in 1962. (laughs) <laughs> These yeah. guys with their haircuts, yeah, they're not going to be anything. Now, this one, again, this is from Rolling Stone, the 50 worst decisions in music history. This one pissed me off because I disagree. Eric Clapton goes, are these their words? He goes all in on COVID vaccine conspiracies? These are the words of Rolling Stone. Okay, here's Eric Clapton. Do you feel like you were made aware of those risks beforehand? Oh, God, no. I lost the use of my hands uh, for about three weeks. So I thought I was um, in real trouble. Uh, and that's about that point. I just uh, I was invited by Robin Minotti to talk about it because it, and it was easy um, to say yes, because I, I, I realized that, that I may, I'm definitely by then I realized I wasn't the only one that was suffering. Yeah, so because Eric Clapton, guitar god, um, who makes his living with his hands had the nerve to come out and say 2020 that that the vaccine adversely affected him. That's a that's a bad decision according to Rolling Stone. As soon as he got the vaccine, he lost his ability yeah. to move his hand, which is an important requirement <laughs> for one of the great guitar players of all time. And I love how how back then, even now to some extent, you're not allowed to talk about like everybody and their mother could find an example of COVID killing a perfectly healthy individual back in 2020, right? You were allowed to post those headlines all day long. But if you found somebody that had an adverse reaction to the vaccine, or perhaps even worse, you weren't allowed to talk about that at all because according to the Rolling Stone, it's a vaccine conspiracy. And now the phrase you hear is unexpected death. Like There's a lot of unexpected deaths now, but you're not allowed to say that it could possibly be vaccine-related. Uh, number five on this list, Woodstock organizers celebrate the festival's 30th anniversary with uh, the horrific riot that was Woodstock 99. Did you watch that yes. thing on Netflix? Yes, it was fascinating. You and I have different opinions on the role of the bands here. Like, I know Limp Biscuit's job is to get up there and rock ass and melt faces. Yeah, I get that. Right. But the stage was being torn down. People were tearing down scaffolding, and Fred Durst decides <laughs> to go out there and crowd surf. He was he was channeling the energy. That's what he was doing. <laughs> he was channeling the energy and then sending it back out into the crowd. Okay. Uh, how about number six? Kanye West interrupts Taylor Swift at the Video Music Awards in 2009. Remember this? Yo, Taylor. I, I'm really happy for you. I'm going to let you finish. But Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time. One of the best videos of all time. It was a simpler time back then when Kanye West was just known for being an a-hole to Taylor Swift. <laughs> Things have kind of changed you think? since then, Nigel. But that, that, that's a sucky... I mean, go back to that moment for a second. What a sucky thing to do. What a, just an awful thing. Let Taylor Swift have her moment, for God's sake. And this is in 2009. Who cares that, about Beyonce and her music video? Taylor Swift won, dude. And why are you Beyonce's spokesman? It's not like you're going to hook up with her because she's already married to Jay-Z. So I don't know the motivation there, but that 
that was about two or three years after the infamous George Bush doesn't care about black people <laughs> yeah. line during the Katrina telethon. Who was it? Mike um, uh, Mike Myers. Mike Myers standing next to him, Dr. Evil, uh, <laughs> as they were raising money, just this blank look, blinking like a South Park character into the camera. Well, Kanye Wissick, George Bush doesn't care about black people. One of the great improvisers of all time yeah, is Mike right. Myers, right. and he was Saturday left speechless. <laughs> Um, okay, do we have we have time for some more here? Fifty worst decisions in music history, uh, according to the Rolling St- according to Rolling Stone, uh, blood, sweat, and tears going on a tour sponsored by the government during Vietnam. Yeah, bad, yeah. Bad Nothing look. says rock and roll like a tour sponsored by the government <laughs> during war. Uh, ja Rule invests in the Fire Festival. Have you seen that documentary? Yes. Yeah, what funny. a complete scam that was. Uh, U2 basically forcing Apple users to get their Songs of Innocence album for free. Did you? Did I you remember, remember that. Like, like I just, checked my uh, my you know iTunes account. It's like I didn't want this YouTube album, but here it is. Like I don't really. I guess I didn't care. Because it was free, but it is it was kind of creepy at the time. Like, hey, we're putting this on your phone, you're taking it, you don't have to listen to it, but here you go anyway. You're welcome, we're you too. No! Now the reason we came in with the Billy Squire song, Rock Me Tonight, is because it is um, the music video that's on the top 10 of 50 worst decisions in music history. Billy Squire killing his career with that cheesy music video. It's the one where he's dancing around in his his bedroom by himself, uh, ripping off his pink shirt. It looks like it's a pastel bedroom, first of all. <laughs> yeah, and and he's, I mean, literally hammer. He it looks like the male version of flash dance. Right. Uh, That's a except, great way to break this down. Except it's a dude, and it's really. I, don't get me wrong. I love Billy Squire. The Stroke, one of the great songs oh, of all time. Please. And um, everybody wants you. Yeah, but this video was just—it's him. The entire video. Like, how did anybody get him to agree to this? It's just him dancing around, and there's a there's a stripper pole in his bedroom that he's swinging on. It's right. very awkward. So, what's a more least masculine video? This video from Billy Squire, yeah. or the Dancing in the Street video from David Bowie and Mick Jagger? <laughs> oh, that is uh, that is real bad. Oh man, oh man! It, it, like it's almost like I don't know which came out first, but it's like like this Billy Squire video was trying to imitate the scene in Footloose. Where uh, Kevin Bacon's character had that that dance montage scene where he's getting right. out all the stress and dancing in the barn and angry the, dancing. Yeah, I wonder if that's what inspired. I don't know which came first though. That kind of you know watching this video reminded me of it. So uh, real quick before we get to Tuesdays with Tony, I wanted to play this audio for you here. This um, this famous UFC fighter named Patty Pimblett. I know Patty. Patty you know the that? Batty. Is that <laughs> shut up? Is that really his nickname? Yeah, I don't know that. I don't know his dad. I've never heard of him, but he's. He's famous uh, in England, especially UFC fighter Paddy Pimblett walking his dog in England. He rang somebody's doorbell cam asking to borrow water. Let's find out why. Hello? Me dog's just had like a sloppy <laughs> outside. I was just wondering if you got some water. I don't want to leave it outside. Don't touch the bathroom. Ah! It is. Don't worry, I'll clean it. it. You sure? I just I feel terrible. You <laughs> know what I mean? <laughs> no, it's all right. Uh, thank you very much once again. I'm sorry about that. I hate doing stuff like that. That's why it's I knocked right. on. Go on. I'll see you later. Ta-da. Ta-da. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what the equivalent would be in America to somebody ringing a doorbell, somebody famous. 
Like, uh, like you, you know, it's it's hey, you know, it's Andrew Luck ringing your your doorbell. <laughs> hey, my dog just took a crap in your yard. Can I borrow some water to clean it up? You yeah, know, right. Like that, because he's kind of a big deal over there. He uh, is one of those guys that Barstool endorses. Okay. Uh, so Patty the Batty is his like fight name, <laughs> and uh, he's got a big you know big fight coming up. I think before the end of the year. All right, coming up next Tuesdays with Tony Katz after a look at the news. Ninety three WIBC. Life is full of things to manage: your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta. Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hey, Tony! Hey, Tony! Pretty boy. Tony. It's Tuesday with Tony Katz on the Hammer and Nigel Show. Uh, don't want to keep Tony waiting. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here hooking up live with Tony Katz for Tuesdays with Tony. I think I heard on your show earlier, Tony, you were playing uh, some clips of House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy. He was outside the White House after a big meeting with Biden today. And so the, What I saw, I was watching that same uh, press conference all the reporters wanted to ask him about was trump's dinner with kanye west and nick fuentes multiple questions about that he condemned it you know mike pence has issued a statement saying trump should apologize how big of a deal was this dinner with you know an accused anti-semite and a white nationalist for for donald trump I think it's just, a, uh, as I've discussed, an example of these. It, it's beyond unforced error. The, the Trump makes mistakes all the time. He doesn't hang around with the best people. He doesn't have the smartest people. That's all just not true. It's 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 just a lie. Uh, to have had this dinner and not know who Nick Fuentes is, that's impossible. I'm saying it's impossible. And if he didn't know but his, and his staff didn't know, that's too much ignorance uh, going on a- around you. My issue gets compounded not in a way of defending Trump. I don't have any defense. I'm not even trying to put it out there. He should have left the dinner the second he knew who Nick Fuentes was. I have engaged a nuanced conversation about Kanye West. If you thought this guy was going down a bad path and you're a friend and you want to help him, you'll sit and you'll have uh, dinner with a friend and say, I think what you're doing is wrong. I think you should turn yourself around. We People do interventions. I've discussed this on video over at Rumble, rumble.com slash Tony Katz. There could have been a hundred reasons to have dinner with Kanye West. There was no reason for Nick Fuentes to be there. There was no reason for Trump to stay there. That's all on him. What I won't do, just uh, really quickly here, what I refuse to do is to allow anybody to lecture to me about the bigotry and anti-Semitism of the political right when the left has Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, Andre Carson. You, you're not allowed to be friends with Louis Farrakhan. Defend Louis Farrakhan, refuse to condemn Louis Farrakhan, and then lecture to me about bigotry. Get out of here with that nonsense. The Jew hating of Ilhan Omar, the anti Israel approach of Rashida Tlaib, these people on the political left do not get to lecture. We do have to be honest when wrong is wrong, though. Tony, it feels like ever since Donald Trump announced he was running again, it's been one negative story after the other, and it's not from the usual suspects. We're not talking about CNN or MSNBC. There's a lot of folks who voted for Donald Trump once or even twice in the past who have said, you know what? 
I think it's just time to go in a different direction. Are you seeing the same thing? I I have been seeing that from from a lot of people. I just you know there's no way to know at this moment exactly how big that is. We are a year out from this race really beginning in earnest. The Trump announcement is not going to keep anybody from running. Certainly, events like this embolden more people uh, to to run. So it's not going to keep anybody out of the game. There are going to be people looking in all sorts of directions, including in Trump's direction, because you never ever, at least I don't confuse or, or make uh, uh, somehow a, not make the distinction between the person and the policies. You know, uh, what what Trump is doing personally is, is ridiculous. It's ignorant. It's foolhardy. It's dumb. It's a mistake. Yeah. He's wrong. And that's the end of the list. Trump's policies are better than Biden Biden's policies every day of the week and twice on Sunday. So what I need are the policies just with somebody who isn't making these ridiculous mistakes and engaging with really worthless people. That's what I need. Do you think anybody could beat him in a GOP primary? Including oh, lots of people. Yes, Ron, of course. Ron DeSantis included. Ron DeSantis. Yeah. I believe Ron DeSantis at this stage of the game yeah. can beat him in a primary. I absolutely do. I'm curious to see if Mike Pompeo, the former Secretary of State, former CIA director, gets involved in this race. We're going to see what uh, Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, uh, does in this. Yes, I think I do think that there are people. If you don't, if you argue that somehow Trump is not formidable, I think you sound like a damn fool. <laughs> Trump's always. <laughs> Uh, for formidable, but I think that you know t- the the point that Hammer is making is the point that many people are making, which is the concept of exhaustion. I just want to win. All I want. Don't tell me about your personality. I don't give a good holy you know what about your personality. I just want my policies. I just want to win, and they will go where they think the win is. Can the Republicans win with a group that I call the McFailures? That's Ronna McDaniel, that's Mitch McConnell, and that's Kevin McCarthy. So, um, first of all, that's a good T-shirt. You, you might want to, you might want to get that, get 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 that done. Um, we're about to find out. Mitch stays in at leadership. Uh, McCarthy, who you just heard from today, uh, most probably be Speaker of the House. And I have seen nothing, no matter what uh, uh, Lindell is going to do, uh, I've seen nothing that says that Rona McDaniel won't be uh, continue as head of the RNC. So uh, we're going to find out, man. Is, is that a, is Mike Lindell, I mean, is that does he have any credibility at all for that position? A car I mean, in every garage and two my pillows in every bed. That's his, there it is. That's his platform. <laughs> Damn right there it is. Uh, because it feels like, Tony, Republicans are really good at saying, well, we may need new leadership. They're really good at talking a big game. You've got guys like Matt Gates saying, I will not vote for Kevin McCarthy to be the Speaker of the House. But yet, when the rubber meets the road, they always do. They pick the same people. Yeah, and and by the way, that's also true of the political left. It took everybody being near death for the Democratic Party and losing an election and losing the midterm uh, for everybody to walk away, for uh, Pelosi to walk away, for Hoyer to walk away. I think Clyburn's going to try and stick around. Uh, something about, I don't know, the, the Lord uh, has commanded him to. I, I have no idea what, what's going on there. Uh, but that's what it took. That's what it took. And if Hakeem Jeffries, uh, the congressman from New York, becomes the Democratic leader, he'll be the Democratic leader until he's dead. 
Tuesdays with Tony Katz here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. One of the other topics I heard you talking about on your show, we've mentioned it on ours, is these lockdown or these 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 protests in China against the zero COVID lockdowns. Do you think and the, the experts you've talked to, um, do they think that this will have any real lasting effect in China? The, the the hope is yes. I, yeah. I spoke to Steve Yates from the American First Policy Institute. Uh, his expertise on China is, is well known and well regarded, having worked uh, um, national security for then Vice President Cheney as, as well. He's got a long history. Uh, and certainly there is a hopefulness that things like this act as uh, massive destabilizers to the Communist Party. I do not believe we are at the place where the Chinese people really want to do away with communism, although I would love to be really proven wrong on that what they want is the security they want the money and they want to be able to see a damn movie it's the lockdowns that has that is the driving force here. The abuse of Xi Jinping. Net, what's coming underneath that is this, yeah, what the hell is this third term nonsense? We don't want this president for life stuff. And that, that underneath where the lockdowns are, which is top line and huge and real, that thing underneath is what I'm staring at. That, that to me is more than just saying, let us out of our houses already. That's a discontent with the with the concept right the 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 lockdowns is a discontent with with the policy the concept is to be, have a discontent with the with the communist party and that could be far more treacherous and meanwhile here on our end it's put the biden administration the biden white house in a really interesting spot because they don't want to say anything negative to china we have seen this time and time again Ugh. the biden white house doesn't want to ruffle any feathers with china so it seems like right now when you listen to corinne jean pierre's press conferences they're more concerned about elon musk and Twitter than they are what's happening with China and their COVID lockdown protest at this point. The statement from uh, Joe Biden is cowardly at best. This is a moment to take China to task, to talk about how the world needs to treat its citizens, to talk about what it is to be free, to recognize that COVID is real, but you can't do this uh, to, to people. And certainly this abuse cannot be tolerated. And clearly we have to question whether China is ready to join world leaders on a world stage as an equal. It's a time to humiliate Xi Jinping. It's a time to make people question working with him. Make sure that the dollar is the preferred currency of the globe. Make sure that people are buying from the United States when it comes to technological hardware and military hardware. This is a sales opportunity for the love of God. And Joe Biden isn't smart enough to see it because he heard somewhere in the White House there was mint chocolate chip to be found. And the man's very busy. Tuesday with Tony Katz, and meanwhile, you have China. Did you hear about this? They're flooding Twitter with porn posts to cover up the, the COVID protests. Oh, yes. That's I think crazy. it's so great. I think it's so great that the Chinese are sending us uh, porn uh, to, to make us forget. But it's porn of Xi. It's all porn of Xi Jinping. And honestly, I don't know how many Winnie the Pooh makeups uh, <laughs> one, one could find hot. And, and finally, before we let you go, Tony, uh, staying on the topic of Twitter, uh, the White House uh, has said they're keeping an eye on Twitter. Uh, you have uh, possible banning of the Twitter platform by Apple. What do you think of this mess? 
Uh, I think that, as, as we all are looking at it, keeping an eye on a private company makes you a bunch of creepy bastards. It's it really scary, does. Very scary. Preach. It's, it's, it, it, it's like how Jason Hammer looks outside his uh, window every Christmas so he can scream, get off my lawn. Right. I'm peeping in like Joe Biden does with the kids on the inside. That's how Super it works. Super creepy photo. I thought that was Photoshopped I at first. <laughs> uh, what's coming up on the big shows tomorrow? Um, uh, we're going to keep our eyes on what's going on in, in China for sure. And I have come across the best lawsuit in America right now, and I, I think I want to join it. All right. All right. He is on social media at Tony Katz. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. TK, thank you. Thank you, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Entire hour of the Hammer and Nigel show coming up after six o'clock. Hammer, was it you? You were telling me in the hallway something about this new potato diet. All yes. potatoes all the time will actually make you lose weight. I somehow have difficulty buying this. Now, who concept. are we to argue with science? Well, sure, yeah. Right? When it comes to potatoes, I feel like I'm the Dr. Fauci of this discussion. Because I like French fries, I like curly fries, I like mashed potatoes. All gratin. Loaded mashed, potatoes. Sure. There's this new study that says eating more potatoes could be a way to lose weight because people what? tend to eat a particular weight of food to feel full and potatoes they're both heavy but they're also low in calories okay uh does it say anything about heaps and scoops of sour cream and butter and salts on said potatoes you forgot the cheese and bacon bits too <laughs> not that i've now, put I, that on my I, potatoes in the regular I, I used to work a long time ago uh, like uh, when i was when i was young a teenager and one of the guys uh, I, I used to see in the shop every day uh ate a potato every day and that got him through the day. He said he didn't really have dinner at night either. He was a healthy. What type of potato did he eat? Just like grab it, eat it like an apple? No, he or? would heat it. No, 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 no. He would he would heat it up in the microwave and just let it go for uh, you know three and a half minutes, and then just to eat the whole thing. He wouldn't eat, <laughs> he would eat it like an apple. He'd kind of he'd cut it open and maybe pour some seasoning on it or something. But he was a really in shape buff dude i don't think you and i if we're wanting to lose weight maybe we should i don't know if we should start with the all potato diet does that make sense to you maybe maybe something else like maybe a little running and exercise and exercise ink and maybe not start with the potato diet here's what we need to do for (laughs) research we need to go to reno because they have the world's largest potato bar they've talked about this in the movie kingpin where they're having the big bowling tournament right it's home of the world's largest potato bar we totally have to make a road trip to reno (laughs) the biggest little city in the world home to the world's largest potato bar does this only work with potatoes by the way this diet does it work with any other foods well, like, this researcher says, quote, people tend to eat the same weight of food regardless of calorie content in order to feel full. By eating foods with heavier weight that mm. are low in calories, you can easily reduce the number of calories you consume. That's good I'm enough sold. for me. Let's do it. Road Let's trip it. to Reno. Get the potato bar rolling. Do not go anywhere. we got another hour to go. This is the Hammer and Nigel Show. I can't see.